Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. He is glorious. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's glorious. God is glorious. Again, we want to just welcome all of you, and we're so thankful to have you here tonight on our opening night. Uh, you guys are kind of the, the test run, so uh, we'll tweak some things after tonight. So if you've got any feedback, let us know. Uh, but we're glad you're here, especially want to welcome those of you who join us online as well. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are today. Well, I won't be long today, and I uh, just kind of want to dive right in. But I love Christmas. How many of you love Christmas? It's kind of like your favorite time of the year. If you have a, another holiday that rivals Christmas, man, I don't really know what it is. You can have that, but I don't have one. I love Christmas. I love the music. I love the parties. I love getting to hang with my family. I love being able to just celebrate. And I kind of just love the joyous spirit that it kind of brings into the world. Even secular radio stations will be playing Christmas songs. We're glorious and, oh, come let us adore him, where we begin to remember really what not just the season is all about, but what life is all about. I just love Christmas. However, Christmas can also be complicated. Can I get an amen on that one, right? It can be complicated sometimes. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about Christmas two years ago on Christmas Eve 2015. In, in our house, it's known as the Great Flood of 2015. And so we, we were having our Christmas services. We, we started on the night before Christmas, and then we had two, and then we had two on that Christmas Eve day and uh, I was here a little bit earlier and my wife and, and kids were at home and getting ready to come and so they came to service and it was about three o'clock that they got here and then immediately following our two services we went to family and celebrated and we came home it was about 11 o'clock at night it was late and as we pulled into the drive some of my Christmas lights weren't working and so I was like man what's up it's Christmas Eve my lights need to be working so I'm outside tinkering with my lights and Riley comes running out of the garage and saying, the house is flooded, the house is flooded. And I was like, what? And so I come in, and as soon as I got through my kitchen and hit the living room carpet, it was whoosh. And I go, Jess, where's the water? Where's the water? Where is it? She goes, I don't know, I don't know. And so we run upstairs. We begin to see it's coming through the ceiling. And I run up into the bathroom. And what had happened was, is my daughter had flushed the toilet before she left the house, and it had clogged perfectly. She had enough toilet paper that just lodged in the bottom of the toilet. So for eight hours, the toilet just ran over. It came through our walls, down through the second, the, the second floor, down to the first floor, and down in to our ceiling of our finished basement and into the carpet of our finished basement. All three levels of our house were soaked with water. I called uh, my brother-in-laws, and they came over. One wasn't my brother-in-law at the time, but he is now. Thankfully, he's still stuck with our family. But, and we began to shop back, and I remember the kids are crying. There's panic, and they're like, is Santa still going to come? And I was like, only if you go to bed. Only if you go to bed. And they get in bed, and, and, and all Christmas Day, I spent my Christmas Day with dry patrol as we ripped the walls out of my house and began to pull up carpet and floors and began the restoration process. How many of you know Christmas can be complicated sometimes? Doesn't always go the way we intend it to go. Christmas, in, in my opinion, is the most wonderful time of the year. But it can also become the most terrible time of the year for somebody. 
There's a tension in Christmas sometimes that it's mostly good, but it also can magnify the bad things happening, the difficulties we're facing, the issues that are in our life, the, the problems that we're having in our family, and the, and the tension and, and the relationships, right? Christmas can remind us of problems we can't solve. It can remind us of people we just simply can't control. It can remind us of expectations that we just can't meet. You see, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, not because of what's happening. So there's a tension between what's happening in our world and what happened 2,000 years ago. So Christmas, no matter what is happening, because of what happened 2,000 years ago, is the most wonderful time of the year. It focuses us in on an event that happened over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was sent into this world. He became the center of not only history, because history revolves around his birth, but also became the center of our lives. You see, life is full of challenges, but today I want to, just for a moment, if I can, pull your attention off of what's happening around you right now to what's happened 2,000 years ago. Because if Jesus becomes the center of our lives, if, if he becomes the foundation on which we build our lives upon, no matter what you're facing, it can be hopeful. Because he gives us stability, he gives us purpose. You see, Christmas reminds us, as we just sang, of this glorious God who is now with us and who is now for us. When I came up with this theme of glorious, it was because of that song that we just sang. And I was actually driving to visit my family, my wife's family, and they're my family too, I guess, uh, in Wisconsin last year. And this song was on the radio. And I looked at Jess. I said, write that song down. On Christmas Day of 2016, I got the theme for 2017. That's how this mind works sometimes. And so for the whole year, I've been thinking about this. And when I think about the word glorious, when you actually look up the definition, it says being worthy of, bringing fame to, or admiration of something. Having a striking beauty or splendor that evokes feelings of delighted admiration, according to Mr. Webster. And when I think about this word glorious, when it comes to the birth of Jesus, I always, for some reason, think about light. And not like the bright light that, that hurts your eyes when you were growing up and your parents would flip the light on in your room to get you out of bed. Not that kind of light, but a, but a, a bright light but that doesn't hurt your eyes, that's actually warm, that brings a warmth with it. And this light was sent into a cold and kind of dark world, and it was sent to bring light and to bring love and hope to God's people. Yet this world... It's still dark even though the light has come. There's no doubt about it. That maybe in your life right now that there's darkness in some situations you're facing. There's some difficulty and it can seem sometimes like the darkness is drowning out the light. You see, we all have times and days and, and seasons where, where the darkness can come in. You see, for me it was this time last year. It was probably one of the darkest moments in my life. I was in, right in the middle of an extreme battle with anxiety. And I had many fears and I was battling depression. And I can remember coming up here and preaching all of our Christmas services, not because I wanted to, but because it was what I was supposed to do. 
and I didn't really have the hope that I was preaching about. I was struggling with darkness and, and battling back the, the anxiety. And every day was a fight for me to just kind of get back in gear and to get going again. And I've shared this story with our church before, but, but it was a dark place for me. But, but what I remember most about even some of the darkest days of that time is that there was always light. That I always, no matter how dark it got, I always sensed that God was with me. I always knew he was there. Even though I may not have have felt it in the moment, I knew he was there. I knew his word says that he was with me. And in my darkest hour, I was reminded time and time again that, that I wasn't walking alone. That Emmanuel, God with us, was with me. And in those moments, his sweet Holy Spirit would bring me comfort. And he would give me strength when I didn't have it. He would give me the ability to to still be a husband and a dad when I felt like I couldn't do it, when I felt like I was failing. He was the one who gave it. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and the support of my wife and family and friends and this awesome church, I don't know that I would have got through that season. But I'm here to tell you today that I have gotten through it. Doesn't mean I've solved all of my issues, but God has been faithful to me. And I can tell you today that if you're in a dark time, if you're in a battle like I was last Christmas, because it wasn't the most wonderful time of year for me, I can tell you something today. Trials are temporary. That's good news. That your struggle that you're in is seasonal. It won't last forever. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet was foretelling of the coming Messiah. He was foretelling of Jesus who was going to come and he says this, nevertheless, verse, chapter 9, verses 1, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Someone needs to hear that tonight, that the time of darkness and despair that you're in right now, it will not go on forever. You need to receive that. You need to believe that for yourself. You need to believe it for your marriage. You need to believe it for your family. You need to believe it for your kids. It will not go on forever. It says, though the people walk in darkness, uh, they will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And he was foretelling of the hope that was on the way. And for some of you tonight, I'm here to shine a light into your life to say, hope is on the way. In fact, hope is already here. He's with us in this room. He's with you. A Savior is coming. There's an interesting take on the birth of Christ that's found in the book of John. And, and John doesn't spend any time on kind of the cozy uh, aspects of, of Christmas. He doesn't talk about the shepherds and the wise men and, you know, Mary and Joseph in the manger and, 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 and the people coming to worship and all those things. He doesn't talk about any of that. In fact, in all of the Gospels, John's is quite unique and different, and I believe maybe this is why. Because at the time that John wrote his Gospel, and if you don't know what the Gospels are, there's four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That all give an account of Jesus' life and ministry. And all the other ones start with, with the normal story of Jesus' birth and all that. But John does something a little bit different. And I think John's was different because at, at this time he was a little bit older. Uh, and it's almost as though he's writing these stories down that he's seen lived out because he doesn't want anyone to forget what Jesus did. John is the person who reduced God down to a single word. And that word was love. And I think this is amazing because of what John had seen and what John had experienced at this point in John's life. He'd experienced loss like most of us could have never imagined. You see, he saw the slaughtering of his people at the hands of Nero. John saw the Jewish war when the Romans came in and burnt down the very temple 
that Jesus ministered in, his, his friends Peter and Paul had been executed for their faith, and, and John is getting up in his years, and, and through all of that, as he's writing out his gospel, John, John still believed that Jesus was the answer. John still believed that you could have real life through him. In fact, in John 10.10, it says this, the thief, the enemy, comes only to, in order to steal and to kill and to destroy But Jesus said, I came that they may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You see, John doesn't give a birth announcement. He doesn't talk about the shepherds and the wise men and Mary and Joseph and and this perfect kind of scene that we've all grown accustomed to. And it wasn't because he didn't know the Jesus narrative. You see, John was the one that Jesus pointed to on the cross and he said, hey, John, you take care of my mom. And John lived out the rest of his life with Jesus' mom, Mary. He did life with her. He took care of her until she died, is what they say. And throughout that, you can imagine how many times he heard the story of Jesus' birth, right? Imagine if you were doing life with Mary, and you'd say, tell me again about how it all went down. Tell me again when the angel came. Tell me again when all that happened. So John, it wasn't that John didn't know what happened, but he wanted to focus on something else when he wrote his gospel. And here's what he said in John chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. This is how he starts his gospel. There's no birth story. There's no shepherds. There's no nothing. It says this. In him was life. And he's writing to people who obviously are already alive. So he's not saying physical life. He's saying life, that you can find what life is all about, the meaning of life in him. It says, and that life was light of all mankind. Not just for the Jewish people, but for everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness in spite of all the bad stuff that John had seen, all that he had been through in his years, he still would say that that light is still shining. That the darkness has tried. Nero tried, Caesar tried, they've all tried to snuff out the the, the light of Jesus, and none of them have been able to do it. It's still shining today. They can't extinguish it. He may have been the last apostle alive, and despite all that he had seen, all that he experienced, he says nothing can put out the glorious light of God. You see, tonight, no matter how deep the depression is, no matter how desperate the situation looks, no matter how great your fear is, no matter how dark your world seems, I'm here to tell you that there's a light that's still shining. And nothing, no one, no thing can put out that light. Darkness cannot overcome it. It will always shine. And at Christmas, when we're confronted with the challenges of our lives and we're reminded of the people we can't control and the the problems we can't solve and the issues that can somewhat overwhelm us, John is reminding us this Christmas that Jesus is life Jesus is light, and he is the one who overcomes the darkness. He is the one who does that. No matter how dark your world gets, there's always hope. There's always a reason to believe. There's always a reason to pray. There's always a reason to wake up and take the next step and move forward in another day. Because Jesus is life, and he is light. And that light came at Christmas over 2,000 years ago, and that light is here right now. Emmanuel is with us. He's with you. 
The prophet Isaiah goes on and offers us the promise that the light brings with him. He says in verse 6, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. Some of you need to hear that tonight. You watch too much CNN and Fox News, okay? And you're, you're, you're freaked out about what's happening in our world. Listen, a light is still shining. No matter how dark it gets, it says that this light, the government, the supreme authority over our world, rests on his shoulders. That he's the authority above authority. That he's sovereign and in control of all things. It says he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. Some of you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do in 2018. You don't know what direction to take. You don't know what God has for you. I'm telling you, he's a wonderful counselor. If you'll talk to him, if you'll spend time with him, if you'll get in his word, he promises to lead you with his light. He's a mighty God. He's strong. He's stronger than any issue you can face. That same strength that raised him from the dead, that power is living in you. He's a mighty God that no one can take him down. You're secure in him. He's the everlasting father. He will never change. He will say the same yesterday, today, and forever. His light will live on forever. And it says then he's the prince of peace. That even in the midst of chaos, this light that came, this light that is shining tonight can bring you peace in the middle of your darkest hour. You see, nothing will be the same when you have Jesus as your light. Everything's different. Everything looks different in the light of Christ. The way you view yourself, the way you view the world, your trials, the way you view the issues of life, you see them differently. That even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of suffering and death, his light will help you bear the sorrows of darkness. It will be a soft glow to comfort you in a lonely room after a devastating loss. It will be a lamp for your troubled path. It will reveal the wise and loving face of God that's behind every disappointment that you face. If you're surrounded by darkness and you want to overcome it, I'm telling you the answer tonight is very simple. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. John eight twelve. Jesus was, was teaching And he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You see, Jesus invites everyone to follow him. Regardless of your issues, regardless of your baggage, regardless of what you're facing, he invites you. And he says, and whoever follows me, whoever accepts the invitation to surrender their life to me and to follow me will have my light. They will have me. I will be with them. But notice Jesus says, if you follow me. And that's the place that all of us have to come to a decision where we all have to make a choice. I struggle as a pastor and someone whose life has been radically changed by Jesus to to wonder how someone could resist or reject the amazing light and love that Jesus offers. And I think it's only because they don't see God for who he really is. You think that God is ashamed of you. You think that he's disappointed in you. You think that, that because of what you've done, there's no way that he could love you. You think that he's rejected you because of your sin. And tonight I'm here to tell you that that couldn't be further from the truth. That God loves you. That he came for you. And he embraces you despite all the issues that you face. You see, if God wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner. But he sent a savior because his goal was to save the world. 
was to save you. He didn't send a condemner. He didn't send someone that's going to point their finger at you. And maybe because of a bad church of experience, someone's pointed their finger at you. Someone's judged you prematurely, not knowing where you've been and what you've been through. And so you were turned off to God. And tonight I'm here to tell you that he doesn't point a finger at you. He doesn't come to point out your problems. In fact, he came to provide an answer to your problems. You see, this light and love would go on and live 33 years and then was going to be willing to die a sinner's death so that everyone could receive his love and his forgiveness. So tonight, I plead with you, don't resist. Receive his glorious light. Don't resist the gift that God has given in his son. Don't resist him any longer. You've been resisting enough. Receive his light. You see, his light is a place of love and where you really find life, where you can flourish and grow, where our sin is uncovered and exposed, but not so that God can make you feel ashamed, but so he can forgive you and heal you and lead you to a new life and a new purpose. You see, his light will give you direction that you've never had. It will illuminate a new path for you that will lead you to truth and to purpose. This light was a free gift that was given, but you have to receive the gift. You have to open the gift this Christmas and apply it to your life. You're not worthy of it. Let me just tell you, you don't deserve it, but no one does. That's why it's called amazing grace. It's amazing that God would do this, but that's what he did for you. As Jesus was closing out his teaching and he was telling people who he was, verse 30 of chapter 8, it said, even as he spoke, many believed in him. And that's why Jesus came into this world. That's why he spoke these words. And that's why I'm preaching this message to you tonight. God wants the same thing to happen for you that happened for these people over 2,000 years ago. For you to believe. For you to receive the gift of his son. And that can happen for you. Some of you, you came into this room a skeptic. You came into this room a unbeliever but tonight you can leave this place a seeker of Jesus a follower of Jesus and a believer in who he is again in John 1 4 through 5 I want to read this one more time and John said in the beginning right as he started his gospel in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind and that light present tense still shines in the darkness tonight And no matter how dark it gets, the darkness will never overcome it. What will your response be to the light of the world? The band's going to come. We're going to close out. In Matthew 2, we actually get the birth account of Jesus. And in Matthew's gospel, in verse 1, it says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when I was reading this, I saw this from a different perspective this year than maybe I ever have before. These wise men, the magi, followed a light through the dark of night to seek out the Savior. To seek out the one who would save the world, 
And tonight, maybe it wasn't a star over your car that led you here to Adventure Church. Maybe it was that floaty guy out there. I don't know. But I know this. That God brought you here for a reason. Make no mistake about that. And it was to maybe for some of you to show you his light again. To give you hope again. To allow you to feel the warmth of his light. To allow you to embrace his love. And to make a choice. As the wise men continued to travel in verse 9. It said after they heard the king. They went on their way. The star that they had seen when it rose. Went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star they were overjoyed. On coming into the house they saw a child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You see, these wise men were very wealthy. They were very prestigious men. And these men went on this journey following a star. And when they got to Jesus, they bowed their knee and worshipped a baby. Not a king sitting in his throne. They worshipped a child. A toddler Jesus. That's who they worship. Why would these prestigious men bow their knee to a child? Because they knew exactly who he was. He was the light of the world. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior. You see, these wise men could have resisted because of a long journey, because of a complex situation. They could have resisted, but yet they received him as king, and they worshiped. And tonight, you have the same opportunity. And I would plead with you, because of what Jesus has done for me, do not resist him any longer, if you are. Receive what he's done for you. Worship him. He'll illuminate some dark areas in your life, that's for sure but so that he can bring healing, so that he can bring restoration, so that he can bring hope, and ultimately so that he can bring you peace. Would you stand with me tonight? And as we worship him one more time and as we sing this song, will you let the light of the world come into your life? Will you allow his light to shine as you worship him, as we glorify him, as we glorify the King of Kings, as we exalt Him and praise Him for what He's done, I believe that His peace can come if you'll simply open your heart up to Him tonight and receive what He has to offer you. Father, we love You. We're so thankful that You came. We're so thankful not for what's even happening in our lives, but God, for what happened 2,000 years ago. And God, that You came, but more importantly, that You're here right now. God, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would move in hearts tonight, that you would show people just how much you love them and the amazing plan you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen.